you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. your hands in this place this morning if you know that you're going to see a victory in your life because God's working it out for your good today come on lift your hands hallelujah come on this song goes like this the weapon may be formed but it won't prosper when the darkness falls it won't prevail for the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Oh, my God will never fail. No, oh my God will never fail. Come on, lift it up. For the
I'm gonna see a victory for the battle. For the battle belongs to you. Come on, I want every hand lifted right now. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see a victory. Victorious, would you give God praise in the house? Come on, if you believe God for victory, why don't you give him a shout in this house right now? Oh, come on, that's it. Lift your voice and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many know that we are a victorious people? How many like what you feel in the house of the Lord this morning? Feels good to be in the house of God. Why don't you give this praise team, this music team, a great big thank you for leading us into the presence of the Lord tonight, this morning, rather. And before you're seated, I want to do one thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll answer to it in just a moment, but as you see, you look here on the front row, you don't see Pastor here. He is very sick in his body this morning. Uh, he was in the emergency room last night. Uh, they've diagnosed him with bronchitis. I talked to him uh, yesterday evening, and pardon the expression, but he looked like death. Or he sounded like death warmed over. He was could hardly get a few words out with going into a coughing fit. So I wonder if right where you're at, if you could just lift your hands to heaven right now, and in your words, I'm not going to lead you this morning, but I want you to pray for Pastor. I want you to pray the strength of the Lord in His body. Pray healing in His body right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody lift your voice and pray for Pastor right now. If you believe that God's going to touch him, I want you to clap your hands one more time. I know he's watching, and we want to let him know that we honor you, Pastor. We love you. We hope you get to feel him better soon. And uh, pray for all those that are sick among us. It seems like it's just going around. And if you're sick, don't talk to me after church. Because if I... If I get sick, I know where to come. I'm, I'm going to see somebody. No, I'm just kidding. If you have your Bibles this morning, Mark chapter 5, read a few verses into your hearing, then I'll be taking us to Leviticus chapter number 17. In study and preparation, Pastor, I talked with him on, on Friday, and he said, well, I just want you to prepare, because uh, I don't know how I'm going to feel Sunday morning, and then I talked to him yesterday uh, afternoon and the hello, I knew that I was preaching this morning. And uh, God is just 
put something in my spirit. I just could not get away from it, so I want to preach it into your hearing this morning. Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse number 25. The Bible says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, Imagine a sickness that just goes on and goes on and goes on. She had suffered many things of many physicians. She had spent all that she had had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. But when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garments. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him turned him about in the press and he said, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what she had done, what was done in her, she came and she fell before him and told him all the truth. Verse number 34, And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Leviticus chapter number 17 and verse number 11, the Bible says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that make atonement for your soul. In this place this morning, I just want to declare and tell you that I believe that before we leave this place, that God's going to do a great miracle in somebody's life. I believe that somebody that has been struggling, that someone that has been walking through some dark days, God's going to touch you this morning. His blood's going to come down into this sanctuary, and He's going to do a work in your life. I want to preach to you for the next few moments on this subject. The blood is the issue. The blood is the issue. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you lift your hands to heaven right now, and would you ask God to send His anointing? Ask God to anoint His messenger. God, we need you this morning. God, I need your anointing. I need your touch, Lord, to preach like you have laid on my heart this morning, God. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint your messenger, anoint my mouth, Lord, Lord, anoint my mind, anoint the ears of the congregation to hear, anoint our minds to understand and our hearts to receive what you want to speak to your people this morning. And we will give you praise and we'll give you glory. And we love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Now one more time as you're seated, clap your hands and give God praise in the house. I want to start by saying that as a whole, it seems that mainstream Christianity rarely speaks about the blood. In fact, it seems that from my earliest of memories until now, we hear fewer sermons preached about the blood. You see, we tend to stick to the popular topics like grace and mercy. We stick to the popular topics 
talking about miracles, signs, and wonders, and I'm not saying anything against that at all this morning. Don't misunderstand me. I love to talk about grace and mercy. I love to preach about miracles, signs, and wonders, but we often shy away from the mess and the gore of the blood. We love to preach about the resurrection. We love to preach about miracles. We love to preach about divine healing. And we even love to preach about the cross and what it represents in our lives. But often we tend to leave out the gory details for fear of what someone might think or say. Rarely do we sing about the blood. We overlook those songs as being old and outdated. What once moved us to tears as we thought about the price that was paid for you and I now has become antiquated and they no longer affect us. Like a horrific accident scene, we look the other way hoping we don't see the images that will haunt us perhaps for the rest of our lives. We are quick to forget about the ultimate price that Jesus paid on Calvary's cross. But can I remind you for just a moment this morning that had it not been for the blood shed at Calvary, had it not been for the blood that Jesus shed to pay the price for you and I, there would be no remission of sin. If it had not been for the blood of Jesus, there would be no hope of salvation for you and me. And like the writer once wrote, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, but it's nothing but the blood of Jesus. We ought to take a few moments this morning and just thank God for the blood. Thank God for, be, for being willing to shed His blood to pay the ultimate price so that you and I can have salvation. human body has five to six quarts of blood. The entirety of that blood circulates through our veins every 23 seconds. Blood, according to a medical encyclopedia, is comprised of red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets, and plasma. The average person has 25 trillion red blood cells and 25 million white blood cells in your bloodstream. Red blood cells, they carry oxygen from your lungs to the rest of your body. And then they make the return trip taking carbon dioxide back to your lungs to be exhaled from your body. Red blood cells cleanse your body from waste and adds good life to your body. White blood cells, they feed your immune system. They fight against bacteria. They fight against infection. They fight against disease and viruses that attack your body. Platelets, 
are, have the primary responsibility for, for co- coagulation or clotting of your blood to help to staunch the flow of blood if you are ever wounded. Plasma is more than 90% water. It contains water so that you can have water in your blood system. It also protects your body from swelling in the event of injury. But we read, as we read in Leviticus 17 and 11, the Bible tells us it has declared that life is in the blood. As a normal human being, you and I have 206 bones that make up our skeletal system, but life is not found in our 206 bones. You have over 700 muscles in your body, but life is not found in your muscles. You have over 10 billion nerve cells in your brain that, that, that control the very balance of your life. But can I tell you that life is not found in your structure. Your life is not in your muscles. Your life is not in your central, central nervous system. But rather, your life is in the blood. And I want to declare to every man and woman, I want to declare to every boy and girl that sits in this congregation this morning that our life is not found in our music. Our life is not found in our gathering together three times a week for service. And our life is not found in our programs. And I thank God for all of it. But I would submit to you this morning that our life is in none other than the blood of Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. text tells us this morning about a, the Bible calls her a certain woman. It doesn't mention her by name. The Bible just says a certain woman who had been sick with an issue of blood for 12 years. Her life had been devastated because of her condition. She was considered to be unclean. Everywhere that she sat down, the chair or the couch was considered to be unclean. Everyone that she would touch and everyone that would touch her was considered unclean. Her condition was personal and it was embarrassing. Her condition was humiliating. Her condition excommunicated her. Her condition made her inferior. Her condition made her fearful. She was hopeless. She had gone to every doctor imaginable. She had tried every remedy available. She had exhausted every conceivable possibility. And she had spent her entire life savings. She had no more money. There wasn't anything left for her to try. There was no cure for her disease. Now she was facing certain death. Can I just pause for a moment and say that sounds like some of us in this room this morning. Yes, 
Some of us have been delivered from what ailed us. Yes, God has turned our life around, but that does not change the fact that some of us have tried everything that we've known to try. We have gone everywhere that we have known to go. We have tried every program that was available, but yet still we're broken, yet still we're sick, yet still our life is a disaster. We've turned everywhere, but Jesus, we've tried everything, but Jesus, but can I tell you this morning that if your life is a mess, if you are going through a situation and it looks like it's over for you, can I this morning introduce you to a man named Jesus who shed his blood so that you could have life and that you could have it more abundantly. He took stripes on his back for your healing. She had gone every she had gone everywhere that she could possibly go and she had nothing else to try nowhere else to go she was just waiting on the inevitable to happen because after all she was a dying woman but then she heard of a man called Jesus and the bible said that she came behind him in the press she fought her way through the crowd to get to where Jesus was she was too embarrassed to speak of her condition publicly because if she did then what she knew secretly would be known openly and that was the fact that she was unclean. She was unclean from head to toe. She was terminal. She was hopeless. But when she heard, when she heard enough about the miracles that this man Jesus had performed, and she had made up in her mind that if she could just somehow touch him. I'm preaching to someone this morning who you 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 can identify with this woman. You've tried everything you know to try. You've done all know that you've known to do, but all you have been able to find, you couldn't find any help. You couldn't find any cure. Everything you try seems to make things worse. You feel hopeless. You feel helpless. You feel like you're all alone and that nobody knows and much less Nobody cares, but God sent me here this morning with a word for you, and that is Jesus is here for you today. If you can somehow push your way through the crowd, if you can somehow determine in your mind that I'm not leaving this place until I touch him, if I can, if I can just come in contact with Jesus, then I believe that everything will be all right. He can take my mess and turn it around. man named Jesus, 12 long years of suffering, 12 years of hopelessness, 12 years of embarrassment and humiliation, and she heard of a man called Jesus. She heard that he attended a a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and when the wine ran out at the wedding celebration, Jesus commanded the servants to fill vessels with water 
And when the eyes of Jesus looked into the face of the water, the Bible tells us that the water blushed and the water was turned into wine. She heard about when Jesus came, became the most successful fisherman on the Sea of Galilee. When no one else could get a bite, when no one else could get a nibble, Jesus said, cast your nets on the other side. And when they pulled the nets out, the Bible says that the nets began to break with the weight of the fish that were caught. She heard about Jesus healing the fever of Simon Peter's mother-in-law. But it was hearing about Jesus healing a leper that got her attention. She was dying. This was, this was it for her. There was no other recourse, nothing, and nobody could help her. But when she heard that there was a leper that said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me whole. Then at that moment, she knew the cleansing process for the leper, the leper according to Leviticus chapter 14. And something in her began to rise, and she began to say, if God, if Jesus can heal a leper, if Jesus can take an unclean leper, if he, can, if, he, if he can cleanse him from leprosy, not just cleanse him, Brother Alfonso, but if he could, if he could put an ear back where there was no ear, or if, if he could replace a nose that was missing, then I know that God can heal my issue of blood. She heard that Jesus healed the impotent man at the pool of a Bethesda, he told this man who had been crippled for 38 years to take up your bed and walk. She heard that Jesus told the man who was, had a withered hand to stretch it forth. And when he stretched it forth, his hand was made whole. And that was all fine and dandy. But her attention again was raptured when she heard about this man, Jesus, a young man that Jesus stopped the funeral possession that was taking this young man to the cemetery. You see, his blood had stopped. The blood of this young man had already coagulated. Red and white blood cells were no longer functioning like they should have been functioning. The plasma and the platelets in his blood were no longer functioning. And when Jesus said to the dead boy, arise, that woman had already made up in her mind. If he can cause the blood of a young man to begin to function again, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. But if he can cause that blood to function and to flow again, then he can heal my disease. I'm preaching to somebody this morning that you've come with, with all kinds of issues in your body. You've come with all kinds of issues in your life. And I've come to preach that if he did it before, he can do it again. Can I tell you that whatever it is that you need, God can do it. Somebody needs to get some determination in your spirit and say, if God can raise the dead, then God can resurrect my dead situation. If God can heal the lame, then God can heal the arthritis in my body. If God can make the blind to see again, God can heal my spine. If God can open deaf ears, then God can remove, remove the cancer from my body. And I want to 
to go a step further and tell somebody if God can put coins in a fish's mouth, then God can provide for your financial dilemma. This woman heard about when Jesus, the, the man from the demons that tormented his life, she heard about when Jesus was asleep in the back of a ship and a great storm arose on the Sea of Galilee and the waves began to toss the boat. She heard that when Jesus stood and said to the wind and the waves, Peace, be still. And I've come to tell somebody this morning, I heard that you are sick in your body, but Jesus is here to set you free. I've come to tell somebody this morning, I heard that you are bound by sin, but I want to tell you that Jesus is here to set you free this morning. Whatever it is, whatever ails you, whatever torments you, whatever causes you to lose sleep at night, God God is here to deliver you. God is here to make a way for you this morning. You see, it was after hearing of all the miracles that Jesus had performed. This woman had made up in her mind that I intend for the next miracle to be mine. You understand when I'm preaching to you this morning, sometimes we come into the sanctuary and we're facing all sorts of things and our things are dire in our lives and we don't know where to turn, we don't know what to do. And We come and we watch it happen for so and so and we watch it happen for somebody else. And secretly inside our, our minds, we question and we ask God why. Why are you doing it for them? And why, why won't you do it for me? Why, why, why is my situation too hard? And why, and, and why, why, why can't it happen for me? Why can't it be for me? And we walk out of that place with these questions in our mind. And we say, well, it just must not be my lot in life. And God may just intend for me to struggle with sickness the rest of my life or God may just desire for me to be in financial struggle for the rest of my life. But can I tell you what would happen in this place if we come in with a need, but we got desperate about what was going on in my life? What if I got desperate and that caused me to have a determination and a fight that says, I intend for the next minute. I know you did it for somebody else, God. I know you healed them. I know you provided for them. But I intend for the next Next miracle to happen for me and whatever God I have to do no matter how far I have to crawl no matter how many people I have to push my way through God I am going to have the next miracle Pastor Dylan what would happen what would happen if we came into this house with the determination of this certain woman. Because after all, all it took for her was just hearing what Jesus could do. You want to know what boosted her faith? You, know, you want to know what made her? You know, some scholars say that she pressed her way through the crowd or she pushed her way. Some say 
that she crawled on her hands and knees. Now understand, in those days, there wasn't concrete. There weren't paved roads. There weren't parking lots. You know what there was? There was sand and dirt and dust. And to think that this woman who was already humiliated, who had already been as embarrassed as she could possibly be for 12 long years, as she may would have got on her hands and knees and crawled through the, the, the stink of people's feet and pushed past their legs and said, I don't care. I don't care how humiliating it may be. I've already gone, gotten as low as I could possibly get. And I don't care if they laugh at me. I don't care if they make fun of me. I don't necessarily care if someone gets mad at me and kicks me as I go by. I'll, I'll take the humiliation. I'll take the ridicule. I'll take the embarrassment. I'll take the pain. But I've just got to get to Jesus. And somebody in this place, you're worried about what someone may think of you. You may you worry about that somebody might figure out what it is that you're going through and you allow what people say and you allow image to stop you from getting to where Jesus is. But can I preach to you this morning that you need to throw aside the pride and you need to lay aside uh, what and the care of what people might think and what people might say and you got to get a determination in your heart that says no matter how hard I have to push and no matter how far I have to crawl I'm going to get to Jesus I'm going to get to him she had made up her mind that though she may be dying in her condition after all she had been 12 years of misery but she was drawing a line in the sand. And she was saying, it's now or it's never. It's either going to happen today or it's not going to happen at all. Either today I'm going to, I'm going to get my healing or I am not going to get my healing. She said, I, I don't really care what happens from here. I don't care. I don't care that I've exhausted every possibility. But I'm going to give one more shot to this man called Jesus. Because I know that if he did it for somebody else, that he can do it for me. Come on. I'm preaching to somebody this morning that you've come to this house. And you thought it was just going to be another day. And that you've come with your need. You've come with your situation. And it's always been like that and you plan on leaving this service with that same need and facing that same situation but cannot tell you that today can be different for you. Today can be a day of resurrection. Today can be a day of healing. Today can be a day of deliverance. Bible tells us of a ruler of a synagogue named Jairus who had a 12-year-old daughter who was at the point of death. Jairus was a scholar of the Levitical law. He knew that 
Life was in the blood. He knew all about applying the blood. Jairus had made up in his mind that his daughter, though, was going to be healed. So he made his way in front of a woman who had been sick for 12 years. Here, she is desperate. And now she sees Jesus, the miracle worker. But something said in her, no way, buddy. I, I'm, going, I'm not going to allow my miracle to pass me by today. I've been sick for 12 long years. But I plan to touch the garment of the miracle worker today. And the Bible says that she touched his garment. And when she did. She felt it. When she did, she felt something that she didn't feel with all the medication. She felt something with just one touch of his robe that no doctor could ever have made her feel. She felt it in her red blood cells. She felt it in her white blood cells. She felt it in her plasma. She felt it in her platelets. She felt it in her bones. She felt it in her muscles. And I'm, I'm going to preach it today until somebody gets it. Jesus is wanting to deliver you today. Jesus is wanting to heal your body today. What would you do if you really believe that today could be your how would you worship if you really believe that today could be it for you? How would you react if you really believed that God could heal your body? How would you act? How would you praise? How would you worship? If you really believe that God could take that situation and turn it around today, how would you act? Let me preach it to you a little bit as I quickly draw to a close. I want to preach to you about the blood of Jesus. I refuse to make, to make uh, her disease blood the issue this morning. But I, I refuse to leave this pulpit without making His pure blood the issue that I'm preaching about this morning, the blood of Jesus, a foundation that never shakes. The blood of Jesus, a truth that never lies. The blood of Jesus, a friend that never forsakes. The blood of Jesus, a fountain that never runs dry. The blood of Jesus, a light that will never grow dim. The blood of Jesus, an anchor that will never fail. The blood of Jesus, a strength that will never weaken. The blood of Jesus, a deliverance that never dis a point. Somebody shout the blood. Come on, somebody shout the blood. In the blood of Jesus, there is no flaw. In the blood of Jesus, there is no lack. In the blood of Jesus, there is no limit. In the blood of Jesus, there is no indifference. In the blood of Jesus, there is no imperfection. In the blood of Jesus, there is no shame. Because the blood of Jesus is as high as the heaven. The blood of Jesus is as deep as the ocean. The 
blood of Jesus is greater than the universe. The blood of Jesus is immeasurable. The blood of Jesus is indescribable. And the blood of Jesus is infallible. I'm not preaching about you. I'm not preaching to you about the the blood of bulls and goats. But I am preaching to you about the blood of the Lamb of God. I'm preaching to you about the blood of the God of all creation. In the Old Testament, it was not the shedding of the, of the blood of bulls and goats that made the difference. But what made the difference, Pastor Brandon, was the application of the blood that was shed. It wasn't about the blood of the bulls and the goats, but it was about the application of the blood that was shed. There are particular points that the blood was to be applied in the Old Testament. It was applied before the tabernacle. It was applied at the foot at the brazen altar. It was applied to the horns of the brazen altar. It was applied to the sides of the brazen altar. It was applied upon the brazen altar. It was applied before the veil. It was applied in the holy place. It was applied upon the mercy seat. It was applied upon the garment of the priest. It was applied upon the people. And it was applied upon the book of the covenant. We've got to apply the blood. But when Jesus had his final supper with his disciples, he took a cup. He took a cup and he said, this cup is the blood of my New Testament. He said, I give you the cup of the New Testament. He said, I give it to you. This is my blood. I want you to drink it. He said, I, now we understand it wasn't actual blood, but it was symbolic of his blood. He said, I want you to drink it. I want you to get it on the inside of you. He said, I, I put it on the altar. I put it on the horns of the altar, on the priests, and upon the mercy seat. But he said, I want you to drink it because it's got to get down on the inside of you. He said, no longer is it going to do just applying the blood. But he said, you got to have the blood on the inside of you. It's just, it's not just time for the blood to be put up on us, Christian Life Church, but it needs to be in us. In the Old Testament, it was always put the blood on it, but in the New Testament, it's get the blood in you. Someone drink it. Get it on the inside of you. It's still repentance. It's still water baptism in the name of Jesus, and it's still the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and somebody needs to get it on the inside of you this morning. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. I'm closing. I've come to serve the devil notice this morning. You've attacked. You've embarrassed. You've humiliated. 
He has stolen some good years from some good people. Can I get a witness this morning? He's stolen some things from people that did not deserve to have it stolen from you. He's caused you pain. He's caused you sleepless nights. He's caused you to worry and fret. And he's, yes, even caused you to question whether or not God knew where you were at. He's caused fights between spouses. He's caused contention in homes. Yes, he's even caused someone, some to turn their back and walk away. He has caused so many things that are not of God. But I've come this morning once and for all to serve the devil notice. You may have stolen, you may have taken. You may have caused me to lose sleep. You may have caused me to question God. But I'm going to serve him notice this morning that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is the God that is in me than the one that has tried to steal from me. The one that's tried to take from me. The one that's tried to take my very life. Satan, you come to me with temptation. But I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan, you come to me with with sickness, but I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, you've come to me with depression and anxiety, but I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. It's time that we make the blood of Jesus the issue. It's not about what's been taken from us, but it's about the blood of Jesus. That is the Stand with me. They drove nails in his hands. And as sharp as those nails may have been, they still tore and ripped flesh. As much... nothing to prevent the inevitable agony that he was going to go through. And as his cross was being raised to be placed into a pre-hole dug in the or a hole in the, that had been dug in the ground. As his cross was being raised to eventually drop into that hole. His weight bore down on the nails, which no doubt tore his flesh further. With pain and 
agony, the wounds, allowed trails of blood to run down his face. The wounds allowed blood to run down his arms. Those wounds allowed blood to run down his torso, down his legs and his feet. And there on that cross, Jesus Christ spilled five quarts of blood on the ground around the cross. Jesus Christ put 25 trillion blood cells at Calvary. Jesus Christ placed 25 million white blood cells at Calvary. From his hands came his plasma. From his brow flowed his platelets. At Calvary, the blood once and for all was going to be the issue. It was his blood that pulled at the foot of the cross. I know it's been said before, but it was in 1920 that Bishop G.T. Haywood stayed in his office for a week. He never would come out. His wife would bring him food to eat and leave it at the door as he was in a time of consecration. When she came back later, it would be sitting there where she had left it hours earlier. He wasn't eating. It is said that the next Sunday morning after being locked in his office, no food. Perhaps no water. It is said that that next Sunday morning, Bishop Haywood walked to his pulpit that Sister Jordan has even got to see. And it was there that he lifted his voice without music, musical accompaniment. accompaniment. And he began to sing the words on Calvary's Hill of Sorrow where sin's demands were paid. And rays of hope for tomorrow across our paths were laid. I see a crimson stream of blood that flows from Calvary and its waves which reach the throne of God are sweeping. This morning, I preached it the best that I know how. This morning, I preached it with as much passion and conviction as I could muster. But I want to tell somebody in this place that it was on that old rugged cross where the blood became the issue. No longer is there an excuse. 
No longer can your sins just be pushed back for another year. No longer is there no hope of salvation but the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world was nailed to that cross willingly willingly laid himself down to be humiliated to be embarrassed to be ridiculed to be spat upon to be beat on to take stripes on his back. And the whole time as the soldiers knelt, they began to drive the nails in his hands. looked into the future and with every piercing debilitating pain he said I'm going to do it for you I'm going to do it for them because at some point this blood that I shed now, these red blood cells, these white, these pla- this plasma, these platelets are going to become the issue. This morning, I ask you, what's the issue in your life? What's the issue that you're facing? What are you making the issue? How about today you just, you just drop all the pretense? How about today you just walk away from the situation and say, God, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to any longer allow this to be my issue. I'm not going to no longer allow my situation to be my, I'm not going to allow my sickness to be the issue but God, I'm going to allow your blood to be the issue because it was your blood that was shed for my salvation. It was your blood that was shed for my healing. It was your blood. So today I open these altars. If I preach to you this morning, if God is speaking to you this morning, you ought to run down to this altar and you ought to hit your knees. You ought to get on your face before the Lord and you need to once and for all make His blood the issue. Come on, somebody. needs to respond to what God is speaking in this house this morning. Come on, somebody, go ahead and step out from where your hands. God's been speaking to you. God's been dealing with you. Why don't you go ahead and make His blood the issue this morning? It's not about your sickness. It's not about your embarrassment. It's not about your, your, your lack of, of consecration. It's not about your lack of dedication. But somebody needs to get desperate this morning and say whatever it is I have to do. I'm going to touch him. I'm going to have his blood applied. And I'm going to have his blood on the inside of me. Jesus
on, somebody needs to get an image of an old rugged cross in your mind. And the Savior that hung on that cross, you need to see the blood as it trailed down his body and it began to pull at the foot of the cross. You gotta get that image in your mind and you gotta understand that God shed that blood for you. God shed that blood for me. He shed it for your healing. He shed it for your salvation.